the show you need to get what you desire by avoiding the mistakes made by others before you. Learn the stories and journeys of what success looks like to find the freedom you deserve while thriving with your best life. And now, I present to you the one, the only, Rapid Results with Andrew Wise. Hi, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Rapid Results with Andrew Weiss. I am joined by a very special guest today, Gab Elizabeth. And for those who don't know who this amazing guest is, she's a professional actor, singer, dancer. Most recently, she's been on the Broadway and the Tony Award-winning Beautiful, the Carol King musical, as well as the Emmy Award-winning television show, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Did I say that right? Yeah, you did. That's it. (laughs) Good. She's a health enthusiast, self-love advocate, and believer in the power of possibility. Ladies and gentlemen, Gab Elizabeth, welcome. What's up? Nice intro. Uh, I think everyone should introduce me that way. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Yes. So the audience wants to know is tell us more about your story, about your background, and uh, tell us about the town you grew up in and what were some of the first things you were proud of as a kid. Yeah, okay, let's see. Well, I was born in Oak Park, Illinois, um, but I always just tell people Chicago because, you know, most people don't, don't know, know where that, that is. Yeah, <laughs> I was born in Oak Park, Illinois. Uh-huh. Um, I was homeschooled until high school. Wow. Um, I have six older brothers, so we all grew up together. And you're the only... I'm the only girl. Wow. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. So let's see, you said, what are some of the things, my first memories of that I was proud of? I'd say learning to read because I did not want to do that. My mom used to read me stories all <laughs> the time when I was little and I convinced myself I'm proud of that. And then the third one would have to be when I got accepted into the Chicago Children's Choir, uh, which is a prestigious choir in Chicago, Illinois, for those of you who know. Mm-hmm. Um, traveled the world with them when I was a kid, went to Japan and all, of, all across the United States. and. I just remember practicing so hard to get into it because it's my first audition yeah. to something, and I was really proud about that. What were some of the songs you had to sing to get into the choir? Was oh, it, to get well, wait, did what you was do like the opera, class? soprano, or I mean, something? So I, yeah. <laughs> um, for concert choir, yes. Uh, what, what was my audition song? Oh my goodness, it was a song from this this cartoon movie called Tom Sawyer. But everyone knows Tom Sawyer, but it was a cartoon movie. Okay. Uh, it's like, can't keep a country boy down. No, because <laughs> you can't keep a country boy. Talking about a country boy. It was something like that. I, I love that. I but love I sang that, that and yeah. I got accepted and I just continuously moved up in the ranks from there. And it was, it was a blast. Nice. And how old were you? When- I was 11. Wow. I think I, was, I think I was 10 when I auditioned, but. Okay. Okay. Well done. Awesome. So we got a bike rider. We got an avid reader. We got a singer. So during the history of this, because like what Steve Jobs says is that you can never connect the dots moving forward. You only connect it moving mm. backward. So it's good to hear the kind of the cultivation of how that came and into And I'm still that same person. Yeah. <laughs> I still ride bikes. Yeah. There I still you go. Read and I still sing. I'm glad you can still ride bikes. I again. All right. <laughs> Thank goodness. All right. <laughs> All right. That was me. I'll, I'll be nice. Uh, so tell us, because uh, I feel like, yeah, your, your gag you're someone who you're like whenever you want to accomplish something you can do it and so what was that was that children's choir the first time you kind of felt that way or tell us more about when you had that epiphany like oh my gosh i really can't accomplish anything yeah that's a good question um you know thankfully i have a very supportive mother and mm. she always tells us that we can do anything that we set our minds to you know with god's help i believe in god so yeah I, I, that's my foundation for everything and she's always taught me that any god doesn't put things in you that you're not supposed to do. um so i've just kind of carried that through my career and through my journey in life and that doesn't mean you don't have hiccups mm-hmm. like things get hard and you might be like maybe i can't do this but you know you just have to keep persevering and moving forward so to directly answer your question yes i would say Getting into the Chicago Children's Choir was probably the biggest one for me to where I knew that if you work hard, you're going to get results. Interesting. And and when your mother was supportive, was she like tough love? Was she like, oh, sweetie, like even though you no, failed sweetie. today, I still believe she in you? She was very or... cushy. Yeah. <laughs> very cushy. Yeah. I am not that cushy. But I but yeah. she was she was very, um, I mean, but she's also very honest. Mm. She was like, I would never lie to you because then you have to go out into the world. And then I've lied to you. And now you think that you're this great whatever. Yeah. But you always have this foundation to come home to. Mm -hmm. Um, She said, what did she say? Everyone in the world is mean, but at home, you know, we got to be nice to each other. Oh, I love that. Yeah, 100%. 
And also, uh, I feel like since you mentioned you have six older brothers, mm -hmm. and you being the youngest girl, I know uh, other people in that similar scenario, when they're the only girl in the family, they get treated like a total queen and princess, <laughs> and they get spoiled, like, beyond crazy. So do you feel like you got spoiled? Depends you on who you ask. <laughs> I say no. My brothers, of course, say yes. Of but, course, you know, I yes. was very well loved. Love was, I was not lacking in love whatsoever. Mm, yeah. Um, but I still got it got it handed to me sometimes. I got chased and hit and you know, not by, by my mother. By your, but, uh, by your brothers. By course. my brothers. You okay. know, teasing. They never gotcha. But um I, I yes, I, I definitely got more love than most. I'll say that. But I don't think I was a princess. Interesting. And so I come from humble beginnings, so Yeah, it makes sense. So it sounds like there was because some people like they only receive the love, they don't have to worry about the other brothers, but it sounds like the brothers help humble you in the yes. process. 100%. <laughs> Makes sense. I love that. So you got children's choir, you feel like you can accomplish anything. Mm -hmm. And then tell us how you got to Broadway. Did you have to like study music and choir in high school or did you have to do it in college? Like what officially led to your Broadway audition? Yeah, so that's that's a bit of a journey. So I first just considered myself a singer. Mm. Like I want to sing. That is what I want to do. I don't know in what capacity, mm -hmm. but I know that this is what brings me the most joy. My mom would always tell me I, I light up and I'm a different person when I'm on the stage, mm. um, I'm my full self, yeah. basically. Um, so I knew that I wanted to do that in some some way, somehow. Um, the first time I was really introduced to musical theater, my brother had to watch West Side Story for a class, mm. and he hated it. He hated it so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was like, "This is one of my." My mom was musical theater, and I didn't really oh. know what that was. Oh, okay. So it's genetic with, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. somewhat. Nice. Um, and she was like, um, "Yeah, I." I think this is really great. Matthew, we're going to watch this. I'm going to have Gabrielle watch it too. Blah, 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 blah. I fell in love. I wanted to be Maria. I was Maria. I feel pretty. Oh, so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> like that was me. Yeah. And so I, I knew that that was something that interested me. And I didn't know that that could be a career at that point. I was just like, oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Then I, you know, went into high school. I did a little bit of musical theater there, but we didn't have that great of a program. So then I just became a jock and I just did athletics for the rest of that. <laughs> a jock. Nice. Okay. Jock. Yeah. Um, then I graduated and I was like, okay, I'm going to go be a lawyer. I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to go be an English major because at least I get to do the arts and I get to read. Remember, I like to read. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I get to. Excuses to read a lot. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I get to do this and I still can read plays and whatever and mm -hmm. do those types of things. Then my mom was like, no, you should audition for the school musical. And I was mm -hmm. like, uh, I don't know about that. This one. is college know. now. This is college. Okay. Yeah. And what college is it? Uh, University of West Georgia. You've never heard of it. Okay. But, you know, I was like, okay, mom, I'll audition. I auditioned, I ended up booking the part, booking a part. I was um, Alexi Darling, Mark Owen. Uh, <laughs> right. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I loved it so much that I ended up getting a double major in oh. English and theater. Mm -hmm. And my theater career there just was thriving. I was in every single musical, every single play. I just, was, I got a lot of opportunity there to really foster my gift and have those opportunities to really grow on the stage and yeah. know what that felt like. Graduation was coming up and I was like, do I want to be a little junior year was coming up. I was like, I don't want to take the LSAT. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. I just don't want to do that. So I pivoted and I was like, you know what? I think I can really make this a viable career. I think I'm good enough to do it. Yeah. So then I went to the different conferences like SETC and Unifieds and things of that nature. And I got like 18 callbacks. Whoa. I got 18, my first time going, I got 18 callbacks. And I was Dang. like, what? You're the there. Yeah. I've made the right choice. Mm -hmm. It's opening these doors. So let me keep pushing forward. Then I got my first, um, the job that I booked that I wanted was I got Dollywood. And I was like, okay, I'll go do, I need to make money. So like Dolly Parton's? Dolly Parton's theme park. Disneyland? Yes. <laughs> wow. And okay. it's actually wonderful. You'll have to go. Okay, Everybody, yes. You have to go. With or without the cowboy hat. Yeah. This is not a cowboy hat. Oh, sorry. That means <laughs> sorry. It reminded me of a cowboy hat. I'll, I'll, apologies for that. I'm not yeah, a fashionista, like, but right, yeah, right. it does look good though. Don't worry, it does look good. Yes, for the record. I didn't worry. I didn't worry. So I went to Dollywood. Really loved it and met some incredible friends there. But I was mm -hmm. still like, okay, now how am I? Okay, what are y'all talking about? An equity card? What is that? I have mm -hmm. no idea. I was like, okay, well. I'll I'll figure out how to get that. So mm -hmm. I met a friend at Dollywood. Be nice to people. 
be nice to people. <laughs> be nice to people. Mm -hmm. So I made a friend at Dollywood and he was like, well, I'm going to uh, Florida and I'm actually over talent at Legoland. And I would love it if you could come with me. And I said, sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. I loved it at Dollywood, but I was comfortable there. And I mm -hmm. know like, when you get comfortable, it's time to do something else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just time to challenge yourself and put yourself so that you're continuously growing. And I went to Legoland and I was like, I look, I'm gonna say I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely hated it, but I did it and I still learned things. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't want to be there. So I was like, okay, so now I know I was I even can't I went to Florida because I was like, Disney's here and Universal is here, and these are hard hitters in the theme park world. Yes, you know? And yeah. I was trying to transition into more like reputable theater. So, well, really, my next goal was cruise lines, but oh, <laughs> in okay. my frame, so okay. I'm going to do yeah. like theme parks and then cruise lines and then move my way up. Yeah. So then I got my equity card at Disney. I won't bore you with the rest of it, but I worked for Universal. I worked for Disney. All and this real happened quick, in the for the year. audience, what is an equity card? Yeah, an equity card is the union for actors, professional actors. It protects us. It's the actors. Equity Association. So it's just between pay, being paid like X and then the equity people well, get paid 10X kind of thing? So there are contracts that we have that that specify how much we're supposed to be getting paid. But mm -hmm. you can do a non-union project and make more money than an equity contract. It's possible. Interesting. It's not likely. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah. it's possible. But it's yeah. something that protects actors to make sure that we're getting equitable wages. We're, we're supported. We're protected. You can't just treat us like like props, basically. Yeah. We're human mm -hmm. beings who deserve a fair wage. Fair enough. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. what that is. So the better jobs are typically um, underneath actors' equity contracts, mm -hmm. which is Broadway. Mm -hmm. So I knew that Broadway was the goal, remember? So yes. I was like, okay, let me do these things. And steps. you knew Broadway was the goal in high school? Um, College. I'd say college. junior year. When Not I was when junior I, year of college. Mm -hmm. Wow. Because okay. I didn't think I'm, it was a viable option for me. I was like, I know I, I'm talented, but a lot of people are talented. Yeah. Who says this is for me? You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so junior year, when I finally made the choice of this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. By any means necessary. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know how long it's going to take. I might be 50 when that happens, but I'm going to do it. Interesting. Um, so, yeah. So I was at I was at the theme parks. I got my equity card at Disney. All of this happened in a span of a year, which was a blessing. Yeah. And then I was I just decided one day I'm going to move to New York. Just decided. I like I got my equity card. But Why am I still here? No job, no nothing. No job. Just going to New York on a whim. Oh, wow. Okay. I have friends there and my friend got me a job at a cigar lounge, which <laughs> was fine. Um, but the smoke, I sing, so it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't a server, I was a co check girl, but yeah. it was working out. It was something to pay the bills for the time being. Mm -hmm. Then I ended up getting a job at Ellen Stratus Diner. Okay. Uh, which is where you sling cheeseburgers and you sing. And it was just a great place where I got my network. I started meeting people who were in New York for a long time, singing, maybe going to Broadway and then coming back to this diner. Yeah. Um, and then that became a crutch for me. I got comfortable there and I was singing all the time and talking over all this loud music. I lost my voice and I was unhappy. Oh. So then I left the country and went to Europe for like three months. Because <laughs> you could. And, uh, well, I saved a lot of money. I was like, hey, why not? I'll yeah. leave. I went there for three months. Um, really found some peace and, and really showed me like the way other people live. I think it's always a humbling experience because as Americans, we think that we are just the ish, like mm -hmm. nothing, no one else matters. What's another language? English is it. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So going to these other countries and not being able to speak the language and having to like, it, it uses different parts of your brain and it, it just made me feel better. I, yeah. I liked that. Um, so then I came back and it went to America, to the States and it put things into perspective for me. And I was like, I need to not work here as much mm -hmm. i need to focus on my auditions because why did i come to new york to sling cheeseburgers and sing or to be on broadway yeah so then i shifted and i started being more intentional with my time and how i how i um navigated new york city i suppose when i want to pause there too yeah. so it, it's so fascinating like even though you wanted to be on broadway your junior year of college you still had to work at a cigar lounge you still mm -hmm. had to flip burgers you still mm -hmm. randomly went to europe for three months to for the heck of it kind of thing and like it's interesting that i think most people assume like oh all the best uh, like juilliard students are the ones who get mm -hmm. on broadway kind of thing but maybe there is a lot of truth to a lot of um waiters and uh, waitresses like they're gonna be on there someday too so i guess some the question is like do most people take like that random path to Broadway or, or since you've been on Broadway, did you talk to a lot of people who are like, Oh yeah, I have private tutoring and training to get on stage since I was six years old kind of things. Like, do you have a typical experience or do you think it's atypical? 
I think it varies from person to person. There mm-hmm. definitely are those kids who went to Carnegie Mellon and Juilliard and yeah. NYU, and typically their journey, not always, because mm-hmm. everyone's journey is different, but um, it's a little smoother. It's mm-hmm. a little more straight. Yeah. You know, because you have that network. You go mm-hmm. to those schools for the network. That honestly. makes sense. Yeah. That's why you go. Mm-hmm. So you, they've paid their way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. You got to pay their Whether they're in debt or not. Yeah. But like, you know what I mean? Like you did that and worked mm-hmm. hard to get into that school so that you could have that route. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't always work out for all of them, but you, it's a little um, simpler. Yeah. I'll use. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of the show that I was in, a lot of hustlers, mm. a lot of hustlers, especially when you look like this, brown skin oh. girl, <laughs> yes. brown skin girl, yes. like, like people hustle. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to anyone, it's like some people dropped out of their major and just decided to move. Some people got hired right out of um, college. Sometimes that does happen, but then they have their one show. But see, there, there's this catch 22 of like you get Broadway. But then now you're at this standard and you're competing against a whole other level of people. Mm-hmm. So if you get it when you're super young, sometimes it's really hard for you mm-hmm. because you're like, okay, I booked this for my first show, but then now what? Yeah. You know what I mean, I don't have all this knowledge and life experience to mm-hmm. help navigate me to the next thing. Interesting. Um, so I don't know if I'm directly answering your question. No, it, it's, it's interesting because I want it like for listeners out there, if they're like, oh, what does it really take to get on Broadway kind of thing? And so it's interesting to learn that like, Oh, sometimes you have to flip burgers. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to work at a cigar lounge. And then sometimes it does work to just go to school uh, just to get into Broadway too. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest yeah. thing is listening to your intuition mm-hmm. and listening to what's right for you. Because no one would think that the culmination of all those things that I did would lead me to Broadway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. I yeah. just was like following the journey and saying yes to things. But, but it sounds like you still had in the back of your mind that like you did still want to be on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Even when you were flipping burgers, working mm-hmm. in the cigar lounge, you still had that, that guidance system saying, how can I figure this out? Kind mm-hmm. of thing. That's why it's important to be clear on what you decide. Remember I made the choice mm-hmm. junior year. This is what I want. And so any other decision that came after that, was towards that goal. Now, if you don't have, if you don't know your super objective, you're just going to be making random choices and floundering. That doesn't mean you might not learn things. And sometimes we go through situations where we don't exactly know, and we have to try these different things so that we can figure out, but you got to be specific and intentional. Otherwise you're not going to reach your goals. Mm, I love that. I love that. Staying focused. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and real quick too, going back to your mom's support. um, It sounds like that laid the perfect foundation for you. What if someone didn't have that kind of parental support in their life or family support? Like where would someone go if they wanted to like find that amount of love and support from your family or from your mom? I just like, what, what advice would you have for them? If they don't have it from their family, you're mm-hmm. out, you're saying, um, find a mentor, mm-hmm. uh, talk to your teachers. Your teachers are such great resources. Talk to them. They, even if you think, oh, they don't know, they didn't make it. Why would I talk? They still know more than you. <laughs> they still yeah. know more than you. So talk to people who are smarter than you. Ask those questions. Really use those resources that are available to you because they are there. They may not feel like it in the moment. And it might feel like, oh, oh well, but this person goes to this better school and they have the, it doesn't matter what that person has. It's what you have available to you. Because if you're not even utilizing what's in front of you, why are you going to get more? Yeah. Right. And it sucks. Not everyone, things are not equal. Just get that out of your head. That They're not. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Things are not equitable. We want them to be. We're working towards things to be equitable. But the reality is they're not. Some people start with a head start. Some people start lower. Mm-hmm. That's especially with the wealth gap. That's just how things are. Yeah. And so I'm a firm believer. Like, I hate that. I want us to continuously work towards fighting against that. But I'm also, I live in reality. Mm-hmm. And so I have to navigate what is. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I came from not that much. Again, <laughs> humble beginnings. And yeah. I'm still striving for more and constantly working. And I get down on myself. And that's when you call your friends and the people that you fostered those relationships with to help build you back up again. But then ultimately, you got to go get it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so while I, yes, thank goodness I had an encouraging mother. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. But if I didn't, then, you know, I try to talk to an aunt. Yeah. I try to talk to a cousin. I try to talk to a friend until I found somebody who was willing to, to listen to me and try to help guide me. And if I ultimately couldn't find that, we live in an era where you have videos like this. You know what I mean? Like, I'm attainable. <laughs> I am attainable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or talk, like I said, talk to your teachers, talk to your school counselor. And sometimes they aren't going to care. And that's unfortunate. But you don't let that stop you. You just move on to the next person. Mm, yeah. But that's why your why has to be important. I like that. I like that. 
I had a question in the back. Oh, yeah. So there's an analogy. I want to listen to Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, I do. Yes. Okay. I've actually been listening to him a lot. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. No, he's a good way to pump you up. And I like yeah. the analogy he uses. He talked about like the head start versus not. Um, he talks about how like, you know, the, the analogy is like, you know, in the morning when all the food's available, like there's these little tiny birds who have to like get up at 4.30 a.m. just to hope that he can get a couple of worms. And then there's the big birds that can come in and just swoop and get food whenever they want. That's just how they were born, essentially. So if you are a little bird, you know you have to work extra hard. It's my like nickname, which is funny. Little bird. <laughs> and how tall are you? Five one. Oh, half. that would help. The half counts. <laughs> the half counts. The half counts. Yes. Sorry, and I'm, the hat. I'm five eleven and three quarters, so I, I make sure those three quarters count. <laughs> uh, as that little bird, yeah. what gives you that that confidence, that tenacity to even go out and get the food in the first place? When you have all these big birds, you can just walk in and do whatever they want, because, whatever they want. Like, what gives you that that inner fire to like say, you know what? I know the odds are against me. I know it's not likely, but I'm going to go after it and figure it out anyway. Your intuition, and that takes practice to hear. But to me, when you're a child, it's the loudest. When you're little, you know what you want. Hmm. You and it's usually the things that you like. It's the things that you're naturally drawn towards that are the God-given gifts that are for you. You're supposed to follow. Maybe, maybe I mean, I'm supposed to be a performer right now, but maybe as things go on, maybe my ultimate goal is to help people, to mentor people. You know what I mean? Yeah. You never know, but you got to follow those things because if you're doing, and Gary Vee says this, if you're doing what you love, you never work a day in your life. Yeah. He's not the person who originated that, but yeah. like you're going to make money at it mm -hmm. if you really stick to it. But again, you're why it can't just be because you want the fame. It can't just be because you want the followers. It can't. That's not strong enough. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's just not. Which is why I mean, I know people um, say a lot about Kim Kardashian, <laughs> but I respect her mm -hmm. because she got her fame and now she's trying to help others, and that shows me that she understands the underdog. I know she still comes from wealth, but you don't know her struggle. Everyone's got a struggle. Yeah, everyone has one, and maybe you don't respect the way she got her fame, but again, she look at what she's doing now. And I can respect that. You got to look at the why. It's the why. It's the why. And so, again, think about the things that you did as a kid. Those are usually the things that you're supposed to be drawn towards and just follow that as far as you can go. Or um, try new things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> try new things, new experiences. Don't just say, oh, no, I'm not doing that because of stereotypes or whatever that's attached to something. Mm -hmm. Just freaking do it. Even if you fall on your face, who cares? But that's how you're going to know. And then the more you lean into those things that just naturally feel in balance and good, those are usually the things that are for you. Mm, I love that. I love that. So going back to the journey you're on, I feel like this, I like to picture like a superhero journey. You're kind of hearing the Gab's humble beginnings, you know, getting beat up, standing up again, getting fallen down, standing up again. And then finally comes the Broadway audition. Yeah. So tell us how you got oh, the Lord, Broadway that audition. It <laughs> was a hot mess. Why you know when something's for you, it's for you. Yeah. So I was in, I was living in California because I was just over New York. I left and I was like, I need the outdoors. And again, I love riding bikes, right? Yeah. So <laughs> Which I can still ride. <laughs> thank goodness. Sorry. Right. Um, so yeah, I was. I went to California. I was like, I need some sunshine. Mm -hmm. I need to reboot because New York is a beast. It will eat you alive in a second. And that's just the beauty of it. But that's what sucks about it, too. Mm -hmm. And it's dark, <laughs> especially during the winter. Mm -hmm. It's so dark, so mm -hmm. dark. And I was just over it. And I was like, I remember I left to go to Europe. And then I was like, I'm yeah. leaving again. I'm going to California, whatever. Um, I got to California. I was there like maybe a month. Oh. Started feeling better. was getting my voice back. The sun was great. I get a call from my manager saying... Hey, we got you an audition for Beautiful and for Dear Evan Hansen. Whoa. I was like, okay, cool. Never been in for Beautiful. What's that show? And this I was don't a, know. a restaurant that you said that you were singing for? Um, no, no, no. My manager. I had a manager. Oh, you did have a manager, mm -hmm. like an agent yes, manager. Yes. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, agent manager. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, and I got that from my first job, too. There you go. Okay. I, my friend in that show was like, hey, when you ever come to New York, hit me up. And I follow up. <laughs> yeah, like, if seriously. someone tells me to hit them up, I'm going to hit you. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I like doing that to people all the time. Like practice what you preach. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna call you on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I was in New York. I mean, sorry, I was in California. I got the call. I was like, "Is it worth it?" I mean, I've been in for Dear Evan Hansen so many times. I don't. 
maybe this is the time. Great. Yeah. So I wasn't even thinking about beautiful. Yeah. I was like, cool. Okay. Flew in. I thought I booked my flight for 6 p.m. the night before. Booked my flight for 6 a.m. to come in at 6 a.m. for the day of the audition. The audition was at 10. Oh, jeez. So <laughs> I was exhausted. Oh, no. And I ended up staying with my best friend. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay. She was house sitting. And so I. And she had to like find a way to get me the keys and this yeah. and that. And she she was, thank you so much. You know who you are. And, yeah. and I took, I called my mom. I was like, mom, I'm so tired. I don't know what I'm gonna do. But I'm so glad that beautiful's first. So I'm just get that out of the way. But Jeremy Hansen's at noon. So I blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. So I did my I got a nap. I was like, make sure you call me. She called me. I woke up. Flew to the audition. Mm-hmm. Not flew, like just rushed no, to not the ride, audition. No more riding bikes. Anymore. No more riding okay, bikes. Right. <laughs> got there and it was like, okay, I sang locomotion and I had like two lines that they wanted me to do. I don't remember what it is at this moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it felt really good. I just remember them all leaning in and I was like, oh wow, that went well. Yeah. But let me go focus on your hands. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So I went. I, I like, what did I do? I went and got something to eat, got a coffee, and I went into Jeremy Hansen, and my voice was just not in the right place for that role. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be very light and airy. Like, I was so tired because I hadn't yeah. had to sleep. And you already had the audition and earlier. And I already auditioned earlier, yeah. which was more of a gritty song, which mm-hmm. really fit for the role. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right, well, I did my best. It's all good. I was really down on myself. But then I got a, an email Hey, we would love for you to come back and dance for Beautiful later today. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, crap. I don't have my dance shoes. <laughs> so then I had to borrow a friend's dance shoes. I stuffed, you have a lot of friends. Dad. I know. But be nice to people. Do you see? Nice. Do you yeah. see? Mm-hmm. Be nice to and like, yeah, just be kind. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, they're two sizes too big. Whatever. I'll make it work. I stuffed tissues in my shoes <laughs> so that they would fit. The uh-huh. heel was like this high, which is a no-no for a character shoe because they were like from Payless or something, but who cares? Yeah. It's better than my sneaker. No, I love this. Make it work. Make, make it, it work. work. Make it work. Make it work. Yeah. And so I went into the call exhausted. I remember mm-hmm. that. Still haven't slept. And I just was like, let's do this. So I learned the combination and all I knew everyone in the room because there's only so many black girls who were auditioning for Broadway. So we, I knew everyone and everyone was what cheering was each this? other on. But 2016? 2016? 17? 2017. So this is, okay. All right, okay. What I'm interested in, isn't Broadway called the Great White Way? Yeah. <laughs> and it's called that way because there's so many white people yeah. on Broadway. Yeah. And so in the 2016 era, was, that, was it still okay to like audition as a, as a brown woman? Or do you yeah, feel I like... Mean, it's still okay, but they're just limited roles, and mm-hmm. you're more than likely going to be in the ensemble. Gotcha. Which, you know, still cool, still progress. Yeah. But like, you want to be the, Yeah, you want to be the lead. Yeah, <laughs> I want more that. opportunities for that. Totally. So now they, the untraditional casting is even more so now. It was happening then, but it's yeah. happening even even more so now. But for Beautiful, yeah. that wasn't going to happen. Carol King is white. Yeah. <laughs> so, <or> Jewish, <laughs> right? Yeah. Jewish lady. Yeah. So, like, she's not going to be me. And that, yeah. I'm cool with that. That's totally. Mm-hmm. So I... I went to the dance call. I learned the combination. I was like, I'm not great, but like, I feel okay. All right. Group one was me. I was like, dang it. Forgot the whole dance. <laughs> I stepped, touched, and smiled to the end. <laughs> not even kidding. Like, legitimately oh. stepped, touched, and smiled. Anything as like nerves, just tired? Tired, or... nerves. Mm. Um, my Achilles heel is learning choreography. I'm getting better. I'm mm-hmm. getting better. I'm taking classes. But <laughs> but it's, uh, that's like, I'm a actor, singer, dancer. And gotcha. that's just yeah. how it's been. But I was positive till the end and I grinned and bared it. I was so <laughs> embarrassed. And I just was like, okay, that didn't happen. And I got home and I cried and cried and cried. I got some Lay's potato chips because I love those, like the, the, riff, the ruffled ones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the ruffled ones. Yeah, ruffles. Yeah, they're called ruffles. Whatever. I got some ruffles and I got some ice cream and I ate it and was crying. And then I turned, I was like, okay, that's enough. You cried. Now you got to get over it. Mm-hmm. And so I turned on Issa Rae's, like talking about her journey. Issa Rae wrote Insecure. She mm-hmm. directed it, acted in it, wrote it. Like she's a boss. And I was like, I need some inspiration. So I watched that and I was hearing about all the no's she got and this and that. And it just made me feel better. And I fell asleep listening to you, Issa. (laughs) You helped me through that, girl. Yeah. And then the next morning I got an email saying that I got another callback. What? To dance for beautiful. And I was like, this is insane. How did I get that? I feel like it's like How? classic uh, sitcom where you have all these girls who are perfectly dancing and then yeah. you have Gab off to the side just going. 
Legit. 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 Smile. And they chose the person. <laughs> yeah, put some, put some stank on it. But yeah. I I did that. And you know where I learned that? In a workshop at what at SCTC. When you go to SCTC, you get to audition, but you also get to go to different workshops while you're there. What's SCTC? SCTC is a um it's a what's what is it called a, a conference mm. where you can get auditions where i got those 18 callbacks oh okay and all of these different casting directors will come who are oh. casting for different regional theaters or theme parks yeah. whatever mm -hmm. and they also will teach classes while they're there mm -hmm. and so when i was there i had a, had my planner and i was like i'm doing this i'm doing yeah. that and i learned in a class that even if you don't do it right and perfectly for choreography if you can smile through it and show me like and, and that you're into it and yeah. that you're committed to it and then you hit that final pose <laughs> it's all about the final pose huh? <laughs> it's charisma interesting you know yeah. it's charisma how much do you want it and so I, I did that and that ended up helping me in that audition but i still cried it's okay to cry let all that out got the call back the next morning and then I was like, okay, well, I gotta learn this dance. So I started hitting, remember I knew everyone in the room. So mm -hmm. I started hitting up my friends like, hey, I'll pay you. Cause you, if you can, you should pay people for, to help you. Oh yeah. If you can. Yeah, yeah. Not all the time. Sometimes you have those like ace bunkoons or really close friends. You know, you help me, I help you. That happens, quick yeah. pro quo. Mm -hmm. But if you can, you should do it if you can. So I was like, I'll pay you. Most of them said no. And they were like, no, it's okay. You don't have to pay me. It's all good. Just her name's Leandra. I don't know her last name. Gaston? Gaston? Ellis Gaston? You know, Leandra. She was like, girl, just give me some banana pudding. I love my girl. <laughs> give me some banana pudding and we're going to knock this out. Mm -hmm. It's like, awesome. Thank you so much. So she taught me the dance. I booked a studio. She came in for an hour and taught me the entire choreography wow. from the show. Mm -hmm. And then later on, she ended up becoming dance captain for the tour. Aww. And now she's in Tina Turner the musical as a dance captain. That. But you yeah. see how kindness gets you places? Yeah. Because um, she easily could have been like, no, I didn't get it. I don't want to help you. No. She was like, sure, why not? Oh, she had already auditioned and she got was cut. Audition. Yeah, she got cut. But well, she got cut before after she helped you? Before she helped me. Oh, okay. She didn't oh, know. After she helped me. So she was already cut. Wow. Yeah, and then still helped Good me. for her. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's very nice. Yeah. And then I learned the dance, went to the callback. And I, while I was in New York, I was like, I'm going to pick up a shift to Ellen's. So I was at Ellen's carrying trays, doing the choreography, and like just learning it. Ellen started diner. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, where I was slinging the cheeseburgers. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then I went to the callback and I, I nailed it. I knew it. Mm -hmm. I, Still needed some notes and some help, but yeah. they saw that I was teachable. Totally. And I only know those words because now I know the choreographer and she was like, that's what she saw. She saw that we gave you that next chance because they were asking, can you get her there? Yeah. Can you get her there? And she was like, yes, because she saw that I worked hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And fast and learner. Yeah. So then I, I didn't know that day that I got it and I flew back to New York. I mean, sorry, California was there for less than 24 hours. And I got an email saying that I booked it. Wow. I, don't know, I got a phone call from a manager saying that I booked it. And then I flew back the next day because I had to start rehearsal. <laughs> wow. Wow. So I was say, all, like, all these things. But that's a hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> a hot mess. <laughs> oh, it worked out. Oh, it's such a, a wonderful story how it all like comes together at that perfect time and uh, how, how people believed in you, how much mm -hmm. kindness helped you along the way, how you met people who are willing to give more than they're willing to receive and all that. And apparently you make some really good banana pudding as well. I, love it, I do, but I bought this from Magnolia Bakery. Oh, uh, okay. All right. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. So I love that. So finally, we've reached the peak. This is where you put on your superhero cape that you made it. You, uh, you're on Broadway. And so obviously we can have a full other interview about that. But I'm curious, what are the life lessons you learned um, since being on Broadway that you can apply mm -hmm. to every area of your life, essentially? Well, kind of going back to the beginning of this conversation, you know, knowing the why is important because that's what ultimately helped me achieve my goal. And practice, 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 and then practice again because you're never perfect. You know what I mean? And so you have to continuously work on yourself, continuously um, keep striving to go past your limits so that you can be the person that you were put on this earth to be. And so I think that was getting to Broadway because of all of my hard work was just so validating. And it felt really, really nice that this was my lifelong goal and I achieved it at 25. Wow. So I was like, well, then though, I was like, 
uh, now what do I do? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like I've achieved this goal. Like, do I just keep doing this? But it didn't feel right. I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to stay here. It's mm-hmm. something felt uneasy. Remember, it's about that intuition, doing what's right. And I'm still kind of sussing it out. I'm, I'm a little clearer now, but um, you know, it's once you achieve that goal, then you kind of have to mourn. I went through a phase of mourning of like what I was mourning my ambition because I, I didn't know what I, I achieved it. I was like, I thought this was so out of reach. Remember, yeah. I thought maybe 50, I would do it. Oh, really? And oh. now it's here. And so now what? So what that taught me was keep dreaming. Mm-hmm. Go further. Go further than you even can ima- think you can imagine, you know? Remember, pushing those limits. So it taught me that. And number three, I would say it really drilled into me, you know, staying, being kind, which I already knew, but it just really showed me that because I'm beautiful. There's just beautiful people, <laughs> truly, yeah. truly genuine, beautiful people mm-hmm. that I've met that have become lifelong friends now. Yeah. And I don't know, there's just something about that character. And I, I want to make sure that I'm continuing that in every single job that I go. Maybe everyone else won't be that way, but I'm going to be that way. I will always support people. I, mean, I, I want everyone to win. Mm-hmm. Because again, anything that's for me is for me. And anything that's for that person is for them. I can't take that from them and they can't take it from me. Yeah. It might mm-hmm. feel that way when you don't get the job. It may feel that way when you fall on your face or you step touch to the end of a dance call. But this is not your time. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it is. You just got to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the fact that from your experience, you felt like all hope was lost and it was over, but mm-hmm. uh, you didn't give up. And- oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, there's a higher power going, oh, heck no, like you're, <laughs> this is your time. I love that. Yeah, these are definitely great lessons. And um, for those who don't know, um, you also, so tell us about uh, my girlfriend, Salisha, she's in the show with you. Mm-hmm. She said that you've been through a journey of figuring out how to pay off all your students' <laughs> debts. Yes. <laughs> I'm a hustler, baby. Yeah. I just want you to know. Yes. yes. So tell us, and if you don't mind sharing, like, uh, are you able to share like the numbers yeah, you paid off what amount of time? Yeah. Yeah, it was forty five thousand dollars. Uh huh. I paid that off over the course of a year and a half. Holy schnitzel! Okay. <laughs> so, and that was while you were on Broadway too, yes. right? Okay. So the salary well, I helped. Started before, so when I moved to New York. Well, I never let it go into default. Don't let it. If you can help it, don't let your loans go into default. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was always paying the minimum since I graduated. Yeah. But then I, I started working in New York at Ellen's. And Ellen's makes a decent amount. Yeah. You okay. do pretty well good, there. Good tips being, there. Good yeah. tips, yes. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm making this money. I want to make sure that I'm smart with it. And I have long-term financial goals. Mm-hmm. So I know that the first step is getting out of debt. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, well, that's what I'm going to do, which is why I was working all those hours at Ellen's because I was like, I need to attack this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Attack it. I don't I want my money to be my money and not constantly have to pay this bill every month. Mm-hmm. So I was attacking it. But then I was taught how to pay it off because first I was just like randomly paying it. I was taught how and you got to pay it in a pyramid. And so I found the lowest loan and I was like, okay, I'm going to continuously pay the minimum, mm-hmm. but I'm also going to attack this one see what i forget what it's called you may know the term um the principal oh yeah pay the principal of the loan yeah. not the interest because yeah. when you're paying the minimum you're just paying the interest on the loan which ultimately will end up costing you more money you pay everything term. forever it's so mm-hmm. bad yeah mm-hmm. so i was like i need to attack the principal so i found the smallest loan attack the principal of that and then and while i was still paying the minimum which was like 60 dollars a month or something along those lines and I just kept aggressively attacking it, aggressively attacking it, aggressively attacking it. And then I got on Broadway, which steady paycheck, because, you know, serving, you don't know exactly what you're going to make. Yeah. But with Broadway, I knew exactly how much. And so I allocated what I was going to pay every single month for that budgeting. It's important. I allocated how <laughs> yeah. much I was going to pay, um, how much I got to play with for my life, for mm-hmm. paying myself, and then how much was going into savings. And so... That's it. And like me, again, humble beginnings. I have no problem with the hand-me-down. I have no, we at, at Beautiful, there literally was a, uh, we, I don't even know what we called it. it. It feels so long ago now, but this whole section in the bathroom of our dressing room where people would just put their old clothes. Just put all their <laughs> old clothes there and bring yeah. it there. And, hey guys, I got all these, I cleared out my closet. 
Mm-hmm. Great. I'm going to go in there. I love, I love fashion. I love playing with clothes. This is like my favorite thing. I used to make my own clothes when I was a kid mm. and for like purses and stuff. So I was like, this is a gold mine. Great. I don't have to buy clothes. I still would buy stuff here and there, but it'd be things that I really wanted mm-hmm. as opposed to just buying fast fashion. I got my fast fashion under the sink. Works it works. Yeah. Oh yeah. So just find, I say that to say finding little areas where I can save. Mm-hmm. Um, if I ate out, I made sure that it lasted me two meals. Mm. Oh, and I'm small. So like it worked for me. I'm sure you eat a lot more than <laughs> I do. But like I would yeah. go into a restaurant. Let's say I went to Chipotle. I cut the burrito in half. I eat half the burrito and then I eat the other half for dinner. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then maybe have some vegetables and snacks throughout the day. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but just finding little areas where I could save and then taking that and just throwing it at my lungs, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's a huge accomplishment for me. I'm very proud of that. Um, I remember the day I did it. I think I called Solution. I was like, I may have. I don't know. I probably called a lot of people. Yeah. But yeah. I was so proud of myself, and it's changed my life. Yeah. It gives you financial freedom, which is beautiful. I bet. And did you feel like you had to like suffer through paying off these loans? Like, how did you like find like the oh gosh, this really sucks, but but what what gave you the motivation to say this? How did you make it more fun or exciting or without feeling like that's so dreadful to have to do all this budgeting and cut your burritos in half and all that? I am a forever learner. I like learning new things. So I just treated it. At, it didn't feel like I was suffering. I felt like I was investing in myself. Mm-hmm. You know, again, the why, the why, why am I doing this? Because I want financial freedom because I've come from people who don't manage money well. And I'm not going to do that. So I already knew I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. So what am I doing? So let me learn. Let me read books. Let me, um, Salisha went to this, um, workshop with Susie Orman. She just randomly said it in the dressing room. Like, Hey guys, you know, I'm going to this thing. If anyone wants to go. And I was like, I want to go $20 paid that, you know, you just keep learning. and, And so it felt, it felt like I was, um, again, I was investing in myself. I was enriching my knowledge and it just made me feel good. Sometimes I couldn't do certain things, but honestly, I'm, like, I'm a grandma. I like to be in bed. <laughs> I like to go to bed at 10 o'clock, okay. maybe 930. <laughs> if I can help, if I could really get it out, that's great. Because I get up early. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I didn't feel like I was missing out at all because when I did, and I'm an introvert, mm. so I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool at home. <laughs> That's fine. Give me some popcorn and a movie. I'm happy. Then I'll fall asleep during the movie. Yeah. So it, I didn't feel like I was missing out. And for those of you who do, again, get your why. If you know what you're working towards, if you're aimlessly just saving and do it, doesn't, it doesn't have the same impact. And then you don't get the reward at the end of achieving the goal. Mm-hmm. So if you have that goal, really sit down and get honest with yourself get the goal and then everything else will just make sense because then every decision you make is to achieve that goal. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I know that sounds like too simple or like, Oh, easy for you to say, but it's so true. I'm, I didn't create this rule. Like everyone's been saying this from the beginning of time, you Mm -hmm. know, and people are trying to find these quick fixes. It's just like losing weight. I might make some people mad, but the reality is exercise, diet and sleep. That is how you maintain a healthy lifestyle. So you went through a part in your life? No, you? I did not. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I have family members who yes. struggle with it. Gotcha. And I've always been, they, I, there are people who are more predisposed to it in terms of like your genetics. It does play a factor mm-hmm. and maybe you won't have abs, but in terms of just having a, a healthy lifestyle, exercise, diet, sleep. Mm-hmm. And by diet, I also mean water. You know, Mm -hmm. there's, and it's in time Mm -hmm. sticking to it, sticking to it. And you can have, you can eat the cheeseburger, eat the cheeseburger. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But moderation, Mm -hmm. it's all about moderation. And so I say that to say those rules that have applied for that for so long apply to so many other different things. It's just about how you work those systems and how consistent you can be and how the tenacity that you mm-hmm. can have in those different situations to where you end up outrunning the people. Cause some people are going to be on the same race as you, but then they get tired and they stop mm. and then you keep running and then you get to the front of the line. There you go. Yeah. But the moderation quote, I actually have a personal trainer friend who said that I think his trainer taught him that everything in moderation 
even moderation and moderation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm really? like, oh, I like that. Yeah. We don't, you never feel like you're hindered or you're held back. But you're also being smart about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it's crazy. Like, I think it's like a what, hundreds of billion dollar industry, the diet industry, mm-hmm. when it just comes down to exercise, diet and sleep. Eating and real food. We eat so much processed food. Yeah. It makes me angry. I could go in a soapbox. I'm mad. <laughs> I and bet, if you follow yeah. me on Instagram, sometimes I rant yeah. about it. Because sugar's in everything, mm-hmm. things that it doesn't need to be in. Yep. Everything's processed. Too much Fast corn. food is cheaper yeah. than grocery food, which is almost kind of a lie. And we can talk more about that too, but okay. not now because I don't have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. But, you know, there are ways to fuel your body and for it still to taste good mm-hmm. when you're eating naturally. And if you eat naturally, your body will process it and metabolize it the proper way. Versus if you're just eating fast food all the time and you wonder why you're swollen and your rings don't fit because your hands are swollen and your feet are swollen and your ankles because of the sodium and the processed food and the sugar. Mm-hmm. That is why. Yeah, that was the craziest thing I found out about recently is that uh, the sugar industry, they were able to blame people getting fat on the fat industry. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> mm-hmm. fat doesn't make you as fat nearly as much as sugar yep. does. Yep. And and so I just when I found out about that, like I'm, I'm always checking the sugar labels, mm-hmm. always trying to limit sugar and just like it's so bad for you in so many ways like isn't it it's easy to forget too the yeah. only reason i'm even thinking about it again now is because salisha sent me the video told me about the documentary she watched about sugar uh-huh. and then it just reminded me and made me angry all over again. <laughs> yeah. and i was like oh yeah. yeah get out of here ginger ale yeah you know, i love ginger ale i like soda i yeah. just do everyone has their thing that's what i love and i have to like stay away from it because um, it more so affects my skin than my weight. Interesting. Mm. Um, but you know, it's still that that's like, you got to listen to your body. You got to mm-hmm. take time and sit down and be like, Oh, I ate that thing and it makes my stomach hurt. That means your body doesn't want it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That means your body's trying to talk to you and tell you, Hey, maybe we shouldn't do that. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Whatever, we're, but we live in a, everyone's asleep no, I and they want to keep us there. Yeah, I know. I wish, I wish people understood that, that, uh, you know, a lot of people want to make sure that we're sick and make mm-hmm. sure that we're unhealthy mm-hmm. because a lot of people make a lot of money off that. Mm-hmm. And so it's our responsibility to do our best to take care of ourselves. And, um, and I, I do definitely own research. do your own research. And I like what you said too, listen to your body. Like that's been, that's been huge for me. And I read a book recently called Eat Right for Your Blood Type. Mm. And uh, that's what makes sense to me is that for thousands of years, humans around the world were adapted to eating different foods. And so I'm O positive, for example. Oh, really? Represent. Nice. So (laughs) we're supposed to avoid grains, pork, um, uh, what are the, oh, dairy. but I still have those, but in moderation. Yeah. <laughs> it tastes good. It does taste good. Yeah. And, and that goes back to, you know, listen to your body. Like, you know, pork to me tastes so delicious. And so when I read that in the book, like, oh, like, oh, positive can't have pork. So I'm like, well, that sucks, but it's not going to make me hinder my life. But, but then again, maybe I've become extra super after that, but I'm like, you know, p- positives mm-hmm. and negatives kind of thing. But so. at least you're an active participant in your life and your life choices. Yes, exactly. You know yeah. that if I eat this, I'm going to feel this way, but you can then can prepare for that. You yes, that's I mean? true. That's very it's true. Like, yeah. I was talking to my brother about it. For every action, there is an equal or greater reaction or whatever that quote is. Mm-hmm. Newton's law. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That applies to everything. Mm-hmm. And I'd mother, me, mother, I'd much <laughs> rather knowledgeable about what the reaction is going to be versus mm-hmm. just blindly doing stuff, not knowing just la 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 la. Yeah. No, I want to know. So then, okay, I know that this is what the result of this is going to be. Yeah. But at least I made the choice and it didn't just happen. It makes me feel better. No, hundred percent. Yeah. As you know, yeah. Just like, uh, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was making the world believe he didn't exist. Mm, mm-hmm. And so if you don't know what's happening to you or why things are happening to you, you can't ever address it or yeah. ever affect it. Versus if you do know, okay, I'm going to feel this. If I have this milkshake, I know mm-hmm. I'm going to be ready to gain a couple pounds if I have this giant burger. Mm-hmm. But uh, as long as you know what's causing it, you can address it for yeah. sure. Yeah, Because people love to blame outside factors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And exactly. things do affect you. I don't want to discount life experiences because things do affect you but at the end of it no one cares well so, so tell us how you learned to feel in charge of your life and like mm. not not fall into that victimhood uh mindset essentially hmm. I, I have to go back to my mom really? um mm-hmm. she taught she taught me to learn 
And being homeschooled, it's not about the grade. It's about what you're retaining mm. and the love of knowledge and knowing more. And so she didn't let me just settle for what was. She always pushed me for more. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so what was ask the question again the question is how do you make sure to stay out of that victimhood mm -hmm. mindset and have how do you make sure to have extreme ownership over your life and feel in charge and control versus blaming everything on every everything else everyone else or blaming anything on anyone or anything else stepping into my power and realizing that i have they want us to think we don't have power who's they i don't know who's they <laughs> right. yeah you know mm -hmm. they want us to think we don't but we have so much just by how you spend your money. And that comes from me educating myself. Education, and I'm not talking about formal education. You don't have to go to school if you don't want to. It is not required for you to go to college. Mm -hmm. But you should continuously learn. Learning should not stop once, you hit once you're out of 12th grade. Read books. Really start to figure out how the world ticks. Because it's not that complicated. It's just a matter of your persistence, your tenacity. Mm -hmm time and failing i've failed a lot in my life but that's because i keep trying and trying and trying and trying and trying and that's what helps me to learn that i can't stop you know what i mean and that things aren't just what they seem there's always more for example if someone tells you at work that it's a cap on how much you can make it's not true mm -hmm. everything is negotiable everything you can negotiate anything and everything it's all a matter of how much you want it and how much you're willing to lose because the greater the risk the greater the reward so tell, tell us more about that it sounds like you have a story of uh <laughs> i won't go too much into it i, won't go, I don't want to go too much into that one yeah because things are still turning but but just know that you have to really know your worth you got to know your worth and i have to always remind my, my brother i'm kind of glad i talked to him today he was telling me like you, you've been on broadway like yeah. don't forget that mm -hmm. because sometimes you, oh, okay i've done this no you've been on broadway you've achieved something that some people dream about and never achieve in a lifetime mm -hmm. and that's not to gloat and like be like oh look at me but you gotta you, you gotta accept your wins mm -hmm. and you gotta stand stand firm in them and let that really um determine how you uh how you market yourself and the value that you put out into the world say of, of how people should treat you people are going to treat you the way that you allow them to treat you if you say that you're worth 50 cents you're worth 50 cents if you say that you're worth a hundred dollars you're worth a hundred dollars you say that you're worth a million dollars you are worth a million dollars and it might take time for some for people to fully recognize that but you have to say it because if you don't believe it, nobody else is going to. That's so beautiful. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. You can do it. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Just like, I, I love that. Just like, cause I, I definitely believe in that too. And there's a story I love. Um, well, well, there's a story about a rock, but I'm going to tell the water bottle story. And the water bottle story is like, you go to like a Costco and each water bottle is worth like 25 cents. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you go to like a local grocery store and the water bottle is worth a dollar mm -hmm. and you go to a hotel and it's like, Oh, the water bottle, the same water bottle is worth like $8. Like what is going on? And so just like going back to, yeah, knowing your worth, but also making sure you're being put in that right situation where people can pay you that worth mm -hmm. essentially. Like it's going to be a lot harder for that local mom and pop shop to pay you six figures a year uh, versus being able to have a top corporate Broadway show pay you minimum six figures a year mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, so I just like goes back to what you said, like know your worth, but also the importance of putting yourself in a situation where your worth and your value can be properly compensated essentially. Um, so I love that. And, and going back to making sure your value and your worth is compensated, um, is there anything you wish you knew earlier in your Broadway journey and obviously you, you do have a crazy Broadway journey, but looking back on it, like if someone's like, okay, I, I want to be on Broadway, but I'm not there yet. Is there anything you wish you had learned earlier that you think could have helped you get on Broadway faster? Um, yes. Take more dance classes. <laughs> That's yeah. my one regret. My, yeah. my school didn't have the program mm -hmm. and I used, I let that be an excuse. I let it be an excuse. But you're not a non-excuse person. So this is, <laughs> is like the one exception mm -hmm. I've heard. The yeah. one exception, because mm -hmm. it was, I would have had to, See, I'm still making excuses. <laughs> like, well, yeah, but <laughs> no, but truly, I should have. It should have made it more of a priority. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, I was fortunate enough to where I would learn on the job, which mm -hmm. is a great way to learn. Awesome, but I should have done more. Yeah, because it's 
it's my Achilles heel and it's something that I'm constantly working towards. But what's cool about knowing your Achilles heel and really facing it, you've identified it. Mm-hmm. Work on it. It's like Michael Jordan. He was told that he would never have a good jump shot. No one wanted him on teams. He was hard to draft, all this type of stuff. Now, what is he known for? His jumper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because mm-hmm. someone told him, and then you can take that criticism as, oh, I can't. I can't even <laughs> Someone hates me and I, I, everyone thinks I suck. I'm both, no, okay. You've told me what the issue is. You may not have said it in a nice way. That's possible. Yeah. But now I know. And now it's up to me to change that. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to change it, that's fine. But then you have to live with the reaction of that and the consequences of that decision. Everything has a consequence. And consequences are typically seen as negative. But consequences can be positive. Mm. It's just the, the consequence of whatever you did. Yeah. If I would have learned dance quicker or sooner, then I might have been on Broadway sooner. However, then I wouldn't have had my life experience though. Yeah. So there's that idea of like trusting the journey, you know? Mm -hmm. So maybe I needed to not so that I could have those other experiences so that I was ready for when Broadway came knocking. Yeah. Uh, But now I'm learning from that and making sure I'm taking, you know, if you have an Achilles heel or something that's like not going perfectly, address it head on. So Mm -hmm. for example, my dad, I didn't want to deal with it. I did not. Yeah. It hurt. And I was like afraid of it because I didn't understand it. But the more I learned about it, the more I studied, and the more I realized that, oh, I, I can do this. Because mm-hmm. if and you can't and don't talk to people about what you're doing. <laughs> don't tell anybody. Maybe tell your closest friend. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But like actually implement and start some processes and do some things towards it before you start telling the world that this is what's happening and blah blah blah. No, I'm gonna will it, I'm gonna manifest. I am a huge fan of manifestation. Yeah. But she's gotta work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Positive speak, but she gotta work towards it. Um, so again, going back to education, study to be quiet and to do your own business. And um, I don't remember the question. So <laughs> no, the qu- <laughs> what do you? We wish you had learned earlier in the Broadway journey, but you said it was dancing and just like it sounds like you still were making excuses even leading up to mm-hmm. Broadway. So just like absolutely cutting out excuses, yeah. like just take control essentially. Take control. And I, I want to see if the answer changes for if people want to learn about what they wish, what you wish you had learned earlier about um, moving school debt from your life. Anything mm-hmm. you wish you had learned earlier about that process? Mm, it's a hard one. Cause I, I think I did pretty good. Y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I think I did pretty A year good. and a half for 45 K is pretty dang I good. I, pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think maybe try to get more scholarships. Mm. And I had a scholarship. I had a full ride, but I also had to pay my way through school. So I was I was going to school full time and I with two majors plus doing theater. And for those who don't know, that's every, my, every night, six to 10 o'clock at night, full, sometimes six to 11 o'clock. I was in rehearsal and that and there would be two shows each semester. So it maybe be two weeks where I was free to do what I wanted. Yeah. Um. So in addition to that, I was working at a grocery store. So I would. I didn't, I don't know when I slept. I would have classes from 8 a.m. to 3 because I was taking 18 credit hours every single semester because I was determined to graduate in four years. I was president of, a, of Alpha Psi Omega, which the, is the, the theater. program usually five years? No, I was getting a double major. So oh, wow. Okay. Double majors <laughs> usually are in school for five years. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. But I was going to school year round. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the only way that I could make sure I graduated on time was to do 18 credit hours every semester. Wow. And then mm-hmm. I do like six or eight during the summer. Mm-hmm. But I like learning. So it was fun. Yeah. And so, but in a, so I was doing rehearsal. I wake up at eight, take class till three, have like from three to six to do my homework. Mm-hmm. then I would go to rehearsal and then I'd wake up at like three or 5 a.m. sometimes to work at the grocery store because I needed, I had my classes paid for, but I still needed to pay for my housing. I still needed to pay for my food. Yeah. And so I would get loans to pay for that, for my housing. And then for my money to spend, yeah. I would use the money that I was making at Kroger. Wow. And then I also, on the days where I wasn't working at Kroger, I was doing, um, I was working in a costume shop mm-hmm. because I wanted to, I like to sew. Yeah. I'm close. So I, I like to sew. So I would work there. I wasn't making that much there, but I, I was getting experience there. So I would work there two days a week and then Kroger three days a week. So I was working five days a week plus all the other things I was doing. Um, 
And you're president of a sorority, too, you said? And I was president of a, of a fraternity. It was a um, service fraternity. Gotcha. Alpha okay. Omega, it's mm-hmm. a theater one. Gotcha. And that was hard. My, I remember my mom always calling me, worried about me, and I never understood why. And now looking back, I know why. Yeah, <laughs> I know why. yeah. And so, but going back to that, if I would have had more scholarships and I would have put that time in my junior and senior year of high school, that would have covered all of that. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't have had to worry about it, you know, but, and I could have used the excuse of, well, my parents didn't pay for school and they, that wasn't my journey. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I'm happy for those who have that. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's just wasn't my journey. And so I had to make it work mm-hmm. and I'm better for it. I think that that hard work translated to just becoming to the person that I am today and who I continue to become. Yeah. And so going back to the debt thing, wishing you had more scholarships mm-hmm. um, and it sounds like, yeah. And because you already had that experience from college about time management, staying focused, like getting things done, you're able to apply it. Like, okay, now I got to apply those skills towards paying off debts essentially. So that's awesome. Being able to learn those, those skills early on. They've applied so many ways. Skills. There you go. Yes. I love that. And we have a couple questions left here. Um, so Gab, obviously you're very tenacious. You, you figured out how to get out of that victimhood mentality. You've reached that peak of uh, Broadway, but you're like, that's not a peak. I have more peaks to do. So nowadays, what does get you fired up um, every day to wake up and seize the day essentially? Yeah. So first I want to preface by saying after my Broadway show closed, I was lost. Mm. I didn't know which way was left, which way was right, which way was up, which way was down. And this happens. I, I was like, and I've never been in that space. Mm-hmm. Remember, I've always had my goal. I knew what I was supposed to be doing. I, oh, I have it. Yeah. And then I didn't. And it started while I was in the show. I was talking to one of my fellow actors um, about it. And he was like, you know, I went through that same phase. I got depressed after I booked Broadway. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm glad it's not just me that made me know I wasn't yeah. alone. And then, you know, the years went on and then I, it closed. And I was like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. My mom always says, well, you don't know what to do. Don't do anything. I don't agree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I disagree with you, mom. <laughs> I disagree. You can, like, I think there's a moment. Stuff, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you got to you got to take action. And so mm-hmm. what worked for me was something I, I mentioned earlier in this interview of I just tried new things. Mm-hmm. I started doing more hikes. I went camping. I, I, um, what else have I done? I drove across the country several times. I started rescuing dogs from animal shelters and random strays out in the street. Like there was that boxer, that dog that (laughs) I would have gotten that dog. I would have saved. So by rescue, you mean that you take it to your home? I take it into my home sometimes, but usually I try to take it to a shelter. So if I find it, I try to wrangle it up, get it, beat it a little bit, get it to trust me and stuff like that. And then I will take it to the local animal shelter mm-hmm. and hopefully they have a chip or something like that. Cause usually someone's looking for the animal. Usually. Yeah. Um, I've also have fostered animals like at, from the shelter, there was a pit bull that was going to get put down. And so I took it in, rehabilitated it and found it a new home. Oh, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, just doing things like that, really figuring out, getting in touch with myself and saying, okay, what do I love? what what makes me happy what brings me joy let me do more of those things just so do more of those things maybe more joy will be brought into my life yeah and more joy was coming i was realizing the things that were bringing me joy again it was making me happy and you know as sad as it was that my show closed it happened at the best time because then COVID hit mm-hmm. and my show would have closed anyway yeah <laughs> yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. all of these things just would have happened anyway i was safer out out of new york in my opinion you know yeah. what i mean i because from what I heard, there was just a lot of fear. It's a lot of fear. And I didn't have to be subjected to that thing. I was still in California, which is a Mecca, but I was on the outskirts of it. So I got to still be outdoors. And again, the sun shines there. It's a yeah. happier place, which is where <laughs> we are now. Happy. Look, there's a freaking lemon tree and no, birds cool. outside the window. Yeah. Like That's awesome. To there's be. some birds in New York. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am next to a Fort Tryon, so yeah. I do get oh, to see some birds there. in there, but it's I, there are no birds besides pigeons in uh, New York, New York. So that's, that's a little true. oasis up there. That's, so that's true. That's, yes. That's nice. Yeah. But uh, what were you asking me? I always forget the question. Um, uh, oh, so what am I doing now, basically? Yeah. So did the things that I loved, and now I'm really focusing my attention on my social media, mm. creating a network there of like-minded people, people who are you know like love to encourage people and love to be encouraged yeah and 
just um, trying to really, like I said, create a network of like-minded people. That's what I'm really pouring into and trying to figure out, you know, a brand for myself. Yeah. Because I think there are things that I take for granted that I just know that can help a lot of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, which is why I'm happy that we're having this interview and having this conversation because hopefully even if it's one person yeah. who gets some, some benefit from this. And I think that I can, and I'm not charging, not yet. At least. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, mm-hmm. Eventually this might become a massive brand where I go in and do motivational speaking and, yeah. and things of that nature. I'm still really nailing that down. And then I also have a new business plan that I'm not going to mention yet because I'm still, remember study to be quiet and do your own business. But I have a, a business plan that I'm, I'm working on um, that has to do with wellness and making sure that people are really in tune with their body and taking care of themselves that I'm, I'm currently doing and i'm still auditioning as well if you'd like to hire me my email is <laughs> no we'll, we'll, get, we'll get your contact info because i obviously i hope if someone's watching this like yeah. please let me hire gab because I do love you get act. stuff done and you but get stuff done the yeah. thing about it is i realized that i don't want my art to be my primary income mm. i want it to be what fills my heart yeah mm-hmm. i want to be able to make choices of the shows that i'm in and the projects that i do because i believe in it and i love it as opposed to i need a check yeah. It takes the joy away from me. And I, so because of that, I'm now pivoting into other directions and trying to find those multiple streams of income yeah. that's really buzzing right now. Mm-hmm. But we'll see how many people are still doing this in five years. Yeah. I bet, I bet it's not buzzing in five years, but people will still be doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now people will be successful, but let's see how long it buzzes. And I hope it, I hope more people, more and more people really take this seriously because it is possible. And it doesn't mean you'll be the richest person in the world. Maybe you'll be really comfortable. Mm, I love that. I I'll love that. Rich. Yeah. <laughs> In the meantime, Gab will be rich. Yes. <laughs> well, we have, we have two questions left, Gab. Uh, last one is if, if people happen to um, just want to get that one takeaway from this interview when it comes to getting the tenacity and just like taking on the world, not having any excuses, what, what is the one takeaway you want them to have to kind of have that, that mindset, that mentality and that, that go-getter um, ambiance that you have essentially? Yeah. Be intentional with your life. You only get one. So be intentional. Live your best life. Like truly. I know people say live your best life, but like truly live your best life. Be kind to people and um, yeah, really get specific with your goals. I love that. And final question is how can people get a hold of you? How can they hire you? How can yeah. they interact with you? What's the best way to get in touch with you? So if you go to my Instagram, it is at Gab Elizabeth, and that's G-A-B-E-L-I-S-A-B-E-T-H. That's my Instagram. That's my TikTok. That's like me everywhere. Mm-hmm. You can also go to my blog, Illuminating Radiance, mm, okay. where I, I post different different um, inspirational things or um, like I've posted about how I've how I um, accomplished getting through my debt and things of that nature. Yeah. And you can, if you go to my Instagram, literally everything's there Uh, in my bio for my Instagram, there's the link to my, my blog. There's my, um, my email address. You can contact me there. That's the best way. At Gabby Elizabeth. All right. Well, this has been super exciting. I've been super inspired myself. I'm like, yes, I could do it. I could do it. (laughs) Especially hearing your story and like, I was such a, Maj Podge, and yet here you are today, and you're like, I've done this, I've done this, but I still have those other mountain peaks I want to go for. So I love that. And uh, yeah, this has been super awesome. So thanks again for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yes. Well, definitely follow Gab, hire her, reach out to her. She's very nice, as you could tell. (laughs) She believes in kindness. And uh, if you're listening in, uh, definitely uh, comment below anything you learned, any uh, takeaways you had, and we'll make sure to see you in the next episode. So See you, everyone. Until next time. That concludes another episode of Rapid Results. Remember to leave a review about something you learned so others can share the knowledge. Keep being unstoppable in your pursuit of the lifestyle freedom you desire. And we'll see you next week.